Hello, I'm Coach Pav and welcome to Pavcast. Today, I'm going to be discussing how you can perfect the family work and cycling training balance. This is something I've been pioneering in the amateur cycling training industry for many years now. Unless you're a professional cyclist, have aspirations of making it there, or are an athlete who needs to divert every fibre of their being to completing their goals, you'd be forgiven for not making your cycling training your number one priority. If you've read or listened to my thoughts around accurately gauging commitment, you'll know that I place a lot of emphasis on ensuring my clients don't accidentally overcommit, setting themselves up for failure. What I'll be discussing today is why being an amateur is harder than being a pro, and how to approach your training, and how to fit your cycling training into your busy schedule, including commute, train at work, involving the family, getting off your phone, and anchoring your day. Why being an amateur is harder than being a pro. To give some context on this, I've worked with and known many professional cyclists, and the ones who have retired now from racing say that the 10 hours a week training they do around their 40 hour a week job is far harder than the 30 to 40 hours a week that they used to spend riding their bikes. While your work might not be more important to you than your family, you will have a harder time adapting your training around it. It's a lot more likely that your partner will look after the kids while you head out on a long ride than your boss saying yes to you taking the afternoon off work. With the average age to become a first-time parent in the US, now 26 for mothers and 31 for fathers, it's easy to see how a family might not interfere too much with being a pro in comparison to an amateur. Of course, pro bike riders have kids while still racing, but they're already established in the sport. We are dealing with averages here, but my point is to simply show that as your commitments go up, your expectations around how many hours you can commit to riding your bike might have to come down. It's for this reason that I stress approaching your training with caution. How to approach your training. Many cyclists set their training high up upon a pedestal, blinkered to the potential problems that might come later in time, such as busier work roles, changes in responsibilities, or family matters. These are just a few examples of how in one moment you feel like you can dedicate your whole life to cycling and in the next you are virtually quitting. That might sound extreme, but the trouble is the likelihood of a cyclist quitting when they have this mentality and are faced with this problem is actually very high. When I start working with a new client, I send them an intake questionnaire. One of the final questions is how much they will commit to training on a scale of 1 to 10. I often get keen cyclists telling me that they're committed at level 10, but after a brief conversation where I explain to them what that actually means, they often back down slightly. This makes the conversation around accurately setting goals a lot easier. Ultimately, this isn't about not chasing your dreams, it's about being realistic with what you can chase. It's better to readjust your goals slightly than to not reach them entirely. How to fit cycling training into your busy schedule. My average client is training for a sportive or grand fondo, is in an executive management position, skilled tradesman or self-employed. They're typically between the age of 35 and 55 and have or will have soon young families. This means that they are likely to train less than 8 to 10 hours per week, some even less. A big part of my role as their coach is to ensure that they are time efficient. I'm not looking to create crazy people rushing from one task to the next, but we might look at lifestyle or time audits together to see where there might be an extra 30 minutes or so. We then look at how we can incorporate additional training around the activities that they already do. 
Here are my suggestions to help you find the perfect family, work and training balance. Commute. I'm torn with this. From a pure cycling performance perspective, I don't recommend cyclists commute via bicycle. From an environmentalist point of view, I strongly recommend it. Often the decision for one of my clients to commute is based upon a number of factors, but for those who have very little time to train, a commute does present an opportunity to get some more time on the bike. The cons of training during your commute are that it's very difficult to control. Terrain, traffic and weather, these influences make the trainer less compliant. The pros, of course, are that this type of training is better than nothing. There are other logistical challenges too. If it's torrentially raining, if your workplace lacks bicycle storage or a place to clean up, or you live too far or too close, you might struggle. If it is an option for you, I'd recommend starting with one to two days per week. You will need to decide when best to complete the training itself too. On the way to work you might be fresher, but you might not have eaten properly. On the way home you might be more tired, but better fueled. Again, testing a couple of different choices will help you establish the most effective way of training while commuting to work with your bicycle. Training at work. Here's one that is quite popular. If you have the opportunity to train at work, maybe an unused room where you can bring some equipment, this could solve your problems. You might consider coming in early and or leaving later in the day to accommodate a bit more time to train at work. This could be further beneficial by allowing you to skip some rush hour traffic. Convincing someone to allow you to store some equipment at your workplace might seem hard, but pitch it as something that will increase productivity. You might be able to even get your workplace to purchase some equipment for a small gym. Involve the family. Involving your family in your training might seem tricky, depending on their age and ability. If you're lucky enough to have a partner who can keep up on the bike, you can schedule rides with them. Spin classes are great as everyone gets to go at their own pace. You could even add additional bikes to your indoor setup and all train indoors together. If this isn't possible, consider involving your family when you cross train. Squat with your children on your shoulders, plank with a child on your back. Get creative to both give your worker a little more difficulty and get some quality family time in too. Of course, always be safe. Get off your phone. Reality check. How long have you been listening to this? How long do you stare at your phone each day? How much time do you waste on social media? I bet it's a fair bit. The great news is, there's no reason to stop. Just get on your indoor trainer and start a session while listening to this podcast. Probably best to keep your phone in your jersey pocket when outside though. Anchoring your day. As I mentioned before, auditing your time is a positive move towards finding more of it. Using a diary or calendar, marking all your anchor responsibilities, work or the school run for example. Then list out separately all the other tasks you need or want to perform, but don't have to do a specific time. Also note down any that might be flexible, coming into work early or leaving later in the day for example. Then you can start to Tetris the heck out of your calendar and, eventually, you will have your days laid out and everything that you need to do on it. I strongly recommend you give this a go. It is very likely you'll carve out some more time by doing this. The only thing left to do is to simply follow it. Phone prompts or alarms and digital calendar prompts are great for helping with this. In summary, perfecting the family work and training balance is entirely possible, but you have to stop being a barrier to you getting on the bike. No more excuses, just get training. Here are my top five places to look to find some additional cycling training time. Commuting to work, training at work, involving the family, getting off your phone and anchoring your day. If all else fails, let's have a chat about how I can help maximise your cycling performance gains from whatever time you have available. Thank you. This concludes this podcast on how to perfect family work and cycling training balance. If you've enjoyed this, please make sure you subscribe either on my website or on the podcast platform you're listening on. Definitely share with your friends. My name is Coach Pav and you've been listening to Pavcast. Have an awesome day.